Welcome everyone to Too Good to Be True. Thank you for taking the time to listen. The subject of today's show are the Watchers and the Bible Code. Before we start getting into details, let's just briefly talk about psychic insight and how we apply it. We choose a subject, then research the background, and based on that research, we determine what we think needs to be explained by creating a series of questions. Then Justina provides psychic insight to answer those questions. The psychic insight is narrated towards the end of the show. Accepting the psychic insight is a question of individual belief. Now let's go through the disclaimers. Here are the disclaimers. Neither of us claim to have any expertise in any subjects that we discuss. We relate information we find through research and the psychic insight. We are always delighted to hear from the listeners. The show only lasts an hour. We don't have the time to present exhaustive research on any topic. This means that there will be information that we miss. We want to provide a basis for the psychic insight. We don't care if a theory turns out too good to be true, as the show name suggests. We are only interested in finding out more of the truth about topics. Spirit can only relate insight that is appropriate for our time in history. Free will cannot be affected. Only comments that are appropriate for our time can be given through the psychic insight. Much of the subject matter in shows may have already been covered many times in other media. We want to look into subjects in a new, different way and be thought-provoking. We are not so good with pronouncing names. We apologize. Neither of us have any particular knowledge of theology, anthropology, or of the Bible. If we have misstated anything, we apologize. And in discussing the Bible, we are not offering any views of our own about any type of religion. We respect everyone's views and beliefs and have no intention of expressing any of our own during this broadcast. Our goal is just to provide the information. Today's subject was based on a listener's suggestion, or at least the first one, which was the Book of Enoch. This, the subject most referred to in the book seems to be the Watchers. Who are the Watchers? They were angels dispatched to earth to watch over human beings. So why are the Bible codes included in this episode as well? I think there is an interesting contrast between two biblical subjects in that the Watchers seems to be discussed quite a lot currently, whereas the Bible code or Bible code seem to have been a little forgotten about, but was a hot topic not so long ago. So what is the book of Enoch and what does it say? The Gaia website provides an introduction, quote, when the book of Enoch was found in the Dead Sea Scrolls, it became clear that it was a piece of literature that influenced biblical writers of the time, including those who wrote the New Testament. So why is the book of Enoch not in the Bible? Today, it is only included in the main canons of Ethiopian Orthodox sects, but was popular for hundreds of years in ancient Jewish perspectives. In fact, in understanding the book of Enoch, someone pointed out that it was likely the inspiration for the book of Genesis due to a number of parallels between the two, unquote. Weren't the Dead Sea Scrolls only discovered decades ago after World War II? Yes, the following is from Wikipedia. Quote, the Dead Sea Scrolls were discovered in a series of 12 caves around a site known as Wadi Qumran near the Dead Sea in the West Bank of the Jordan River, between 1946 and 1956 by Bedouin shepherds and a team of archaeologists. The practice of storing worn-out sacred manuscripts in earthenware vessels buried in the earth or within caves is related to the ancient Jewish cu custom of Genizah, unquote. A Genizah is a storage area found in synagogues or elsewhere 
designated for the temporary storage of worn out documents prior to ceremonial burial. However, uh, scripts containing the book of Enoch had been found and translated earlier, according to the website Ancient Code, and I'll quote, ever since its translation in 1800 from ancient texts discovered in Ethiopia in 1768, the Book of Enoch has created a stir in academic circles. Enoch has been proven to have existed, have it, Enoch has been proven to have existed and was mentioned before the existence of the church, unquote. So why wasn't the Book of Enoch included in the Bible's Old Testament? The content of the Bible was determined by the Council of Nicaea. Here's a quote from a, an article on the website uh, WordPress, quote, the first council of Christian bishops met in Nicaea in about 325 AD to agree the books which will be included in the Christian Bible. After examining and studying the many scraps of letters and copies of the New Testament letters and Old Testament books, it was this council of bishops who decided what the content of the Bible would be. Not all texts and letters were included, and one of these was the Book of Enoch. The book was excluded as it was believed that the content would be too frightening for the populace to read and comprehend, unquote. Why don't you describe the book? Being too frightening doesn't seem to be a strong argument for excluding content. The following is again from the Guy website. Quote, within the book we find the story of Enoch, who was the father of Methuselah and grandfather of Noah. He lived for 365 years up until the great flood that wiped out much of the population. Enoch was taken away in a fiery chariot before the great floods by the Archangel Michael, who some have interpreted as being extraterrestrial. Could that fiery chariot actually have been a spacecraft powered by a jet engine? The book that details the story of Enoch is extensive with over 100 chapters dispersed throughout several books, detailing accounts of the Nephilim and the Watchers. These giants known as the Nephilim are also described in the book of Genesis. The giants are said to have been the progeny of angels known as the Watchers and female humans. Some believe that these giants, giant beings may have been the reason for the Great Flood as they were seen to be unnatural and harmful to the human race." Unquote. That's a lot to take in. A fiery chariot, angels, and human women producing giants. That's all really out there. Who are the watchers besides being angels? An explanation is given by the website Noah the Real Story. Quote, Biblical scholars don't have much to say about the watch, who the watchers are, what they look like, or what happened to them. Although the term the watchers in the book of Enoch refers only to fallen angels, Daniel 4 refers three times to a watcher, a holy one, in verses 13, 17, and 23. Jude 6 seems to refer to the story in the book of Enoch, and the fate of the angels who left their proper dwelling, unquote. So the Watchers apparently were fallen angels that were the fathers of the Nephilim. Is there more that is known about them than just being fallen angels? Some sources state that there were 200 of them. Here is more from the Ancient Pages website. Quote, the Watchers revealed occult secrets to mankind. They went against God's will and taught humans not only various creative arts, valuable knowledge related to science and technology, agriculture, the use of cosmetics, metallurgy, medicine, astrology, astronomy, and much more was a gift from the watchers to mankind. 
Unfortunately, the watchers also taught humans how to engage in war, unquote. Were you involved in metallurgy once? Yes, the science of metals, but not quite, a lo quite as long ago as that. Yeah. <laughs> well, besides being giants, what did the Nephilim do to the Earth? The following quote is from the website Alien Policy, which appears to be a translation from the Book of Enoch. Quote, and when men could no longer sustain them, the giants turned against them and devoured mankind, and they began to sin against birds and beasts and reptiles and fish and devour and to devour one another's flesh and drink the blood. Then the earth laid accusation against lawless ones, unquote. That's frightening. So the Council of Nicaea may have had a good point, but the giants of the Nephilim perished in the Great Flood. Yes, Noah apparently was one of only eight survivors of the Flood. Uh, I'm not sure why there were no Nephilim survivors. Who were the eight survivors aside from Noah? They were Noah's wife plus Noah's three sons and their wives. But what happened to the Watchers? We have been taught about the Book of Enoch, but there are three books of Enoch. Wikipedia summarizes content for, for the Watchers based on the Books of Enoch. Quote, in the Books of Enoch, the first Book of Enoch devotes much of his attention to the fall of the Watchers. The second Book of Enoch addresses the Watchers, Gregorian Greek, who are in the fifth heaven where the fall took place. The third book of Enoch gives attention to the unfallen watchers, unquote. There was an earlier quote from the website, Noah, the Real Story, stating that the book of Enoch only referred to the fallen watchers. So I guess you have to look at multiple sources. Maybe that quote referred to the first book of Enoch only. The second book of Enoch mentions the fifth heaven where the fall took place. How many heavens were there? Apparently there were 10, with the 10th being the highest heaven. There is a Books of Enoch Wikia website that lists them, lists them as follows. Apparently all of the 10 heavens were visited by Enoch. First heaven keeps the great sea held above terrible treasure-like storehouses that are based in the clouds. Second heaven has a place of great darkness holding angelic prisoners who await judgment. Third heaven as both a heavenly paradise with the tree of life rooted into the earthly paradise and a tortuous place of cruel darkness surfaced by murky fire. Fourth heaven contains the dynamics of the sun passing through sets of 12 sun gates, which have an influence on the earth and moon. Fifth heaven has fastened the prince of rebellion and the Grigori who remained silent until the arrival of Enoch. Sixth heaven, a residence of archangels, phoenixes, cherubim, and six-winged ones who observe the goings-on of earth. But I think we'll have to continue at the seventh heaven after the break. Yes, we will continue with talking about the different heavens, the Book of Enoch, and the Bible Code after this short break. And you're listening to Too Good to Be True with Justina Marsh and Pete Marsh on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, www.xcbn.net.
Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simo-TV plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games, No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. We live in rapidly shifting times of extreme volatility and uncertainty. Such profound change brings a unique opportunity for the evolution of consciousness. I'm Gwilda Wiecka, host of Mission Evolution Radio Show, a program that explores the latest scientific developments and deepening spiritual truths supporting human evolution. Join me on xzbn.net, where I interview leading experts in science, physics, medicine, spirituality, and more. By applying divergent viewpoints to leading-edge topics, we uncover expansive and evolutionary truth to assist you on your path to enlightenment. More information and past episodes are available at missionevolution.org. to Too Good to be True. And before the break, we were discussing the 10 supposed heavens from the books of Enoch wiki that were in the second book of Enoch. So, Dad, can you please continue with the seventh heaven? Yes. Seventh heaven has many-eyed ones and regiments of angelic orders singing to their Lord in a gentle voice. Eighth heaven, called Masuvaloth, is a change of seasons or of drought and rain and of twelve constellations of the circle of the firmament. Ninth heaven, called Kuchavim, is where the heavenly homes of the twelve constellations of the circle of firmament are. Tenth heaven, called Aravoth, resides God, who in the Hebrew is called Aravat. Uh, Gregorius mentioned earlier is the Greek word for the watchers. 
The second heaven includes angelic prisoners who await judgment. Is that where the watchers ended up? I read on the New Dawn magazine website that the watchers can receive redemption when the human race becomes more spiritually evolved. But where they are today is a good question. Does a spirit or angel have to be in a particular place? What is the place outside of uh, the physical world? Have any remains of Nephilim ever been found? There seems to be a lot of fakery and photoshopping on the internet, so you have to be careful. The website 13th Floor discusses possible findings, including the following. Quote, in 1928, Peruvian archaeologist Julio Tello discovered an enormous, intricately designed graveyard containing some of the largest skulls ever found. Some of the skulls were believed to be over 3,000 years old. A recent DNA test found that the DNA contained in these skulls had mutations unknown to human, primate, or animal. Had Tello, had Tello found a Nephilim tomb? Many are still unsure, and scientists have yet to prove otherwise." Unquote. If they all perished in the Great Flood, then there wouldn't be remains in an intricately designed graveyard. But I guess there could have been generations of them if they were born in generations. Yes, the Nephilim were supposed to have been all males, according to various sources. All uh, The various sources also state they could live to 120 years. I couldn't find out how long it was between the Watchers becoming fallen and when the Great Flood of Noah occurred. Let's change subjects and let's move on to the Bible Code. Yes, investigative journalist Michael Drosnin's book, The Bible Code, was published in 1997. It became a bestseller. Here is the foreword to the book. Quote, For 3,000 years, a code in the Bible has remained hidden. Now it has been unlocked by computer and it may reveal our future. Events that happened thousands of years after the Bible was written, World War II, the moon landing, Watergate, both Kennedy assassinations, the election of Bill Clinton, the Oklahoma City bombing, bombing were foretold in the code. In a few dramatic cases, detailed predictions were found in advance and the events happened exactly as predicted. The date of the Gulf War, the date of the Gulf War would begin was found before the war started. The Rabin assassination was found a year before the murder. And the code may warn of unprecedented danger yet to come, perhaps a real apocalypse, a nuclear world war. The Bible code is the first full account of a scientific discovery that may change the world, told by a skeptical secular reporter who became part of the story. It forces us to accept the Bible itself can only ask us to believe that we are not alone, unquote. That was pretty dramatic and made a lot of claims, but I have not heard of Rabin assassination. This is described by the Association of Diplomatic Studies and Training website. Quote, the assassination of 73-year-old Israeli Prime Minister Yitzhak Rabin came at the end of the peace rally in Tel Aviv in favor of the Oslo Accords. Rabin had served two terms as Prime Minister from 1974 to 1977, and again from 1992 until his death, unquote. The article continues, quote, Rabin was killed on November the 4th, 1995, by three shots fired by an Israeli right-wing nationalist who opposed the Accords, unquote. The Oslo Accords were agreements between Israel and Palestine to continue a peace process. So why wasn't the Israeli prime minister warned of the assassination prediction? 
He was. Here's an account from chapter one of the Bible Code book. Quote, on September the 1st, 1994, I flew to Israel and met in Jerusalem with a close friend of Prime Minister Yitzhak, Yitzhak Rabin, the poet Chaim Guri. I gave him a letter which he immediately gave to the Prime Minister. An Israeli mathematician has discovered a hidden code in the Bible that appears to reveal the details of events that took place thousands of years after the Bible was written. My letter to Rabin stated, the reason I'm telling you about this is that, is that the only time your full name, Yitzhak Rabin, is encoded in the Bible, the words assassin that would assassinate cross your name. That should not be ignored because the assassinations of Anwar Sadat and both John and Robert Kennedy were both encoded in the Bible. In the case of Sadat with the first and last name of his killer and the date of the murder and the, the place and how it was done. I think you are in real danger, but the danger can be averted." Unquote. Who was Anwar Sadat and how was he assassinated? The following is from Wikipedia, quote, Mohammed Anwar el-Sadat, 25th of December 1918 to 6th of October 1981, was the third president of Egypt, serving from the 15th of October 1970 until his, until his assassination by fundamentalist army officers on the 6th of October 1981, The article continues. The Islambuli to be mentioned was Lieutenant Khalid Islambuli, who led the squad of assassins, quote, on the 6th of October 1981, Sadat was assassinated during the annual victory parade held in Cairo to celebrate Egypt's crossing the Suez Canal. Islam Bouli emptied his assault rifle into Sadat's body while in front of the grandstand, mortally wounding the president. In addition to Sadat, 11 others were killed, including the Cuban ambassador and a Omani general, a Coptic Orthodox bishop, and Samir Helmley, the head of Egypt's central auditing agent. Agency. 28 were wounded, including Vice President Hosni Mubarak, Irish Defence Minister James Tully, and four US military liaison officers. Islam Bouli, after being tried, tried, was executed by firing squad. What is a Coptic Orthodox bishop? A bishop of the Coptic Orthodox Church, which split away from the broader Christian community in 451 AD. So, bishop of a Christian church partially based in Egypt with Islam being the official religion of that country. So how does the code work with words crossing each other and where do the words come from? Here is a description from the website CSI COP. Quote, Drosnin's technique is heavily based on that of Eli Yahu Rips of Hebrew University in Israel, who published an article entitled Equidistant Letter Sequences in the book of Genesis, in the journal Statistical Science, with some Rips and Rosenberg, 1994. Like Rips, Drosin arranges the 304,805 Hebrew letters of the Bible into a large array. Spaces and punctuation marks are omitted, and words are run together one after another. A computer looks for matches to selecting names or words by stepping to every nth letter in the array. One can go forward or backward, and for each value of the step distance n, there are n different starting letters. Dross's match for Yitzhak Rabin has a step value of n equal to 4,772." Are there other explanations that seem pretty hard to follow? Here is another explanation from the website BeliefNet. Quote, 
One technique used in locating Bible codes is called equidistant letter sequences. This means that Hebrew words are spelled out by starting at a letter and repeatedly skipping an equal number of letters until a meaningful, world, meaningful word is spelled. These words are referred to as Bible codes, unquote. The Bible code is often referred to as a Torah code, with the Torah being part of the Hebrew Bible or all of the Hebrew Bible, I'm not sure. You would certainly need a computer to search like that. There are lots of different versions of the Bible, and the words would be slightly different for different versions. Yes, the website CSI Cop provides an explanation. Quote, both Rips and Drosnin work with the original Hebrew characters, which are said to have been given by God to Moses, one character at a time with no spaces or punctuation, just as they appear in the code. The code is considered to exist only in the Hebrew Bible and not in translation, translations of any other books, unquote. That makes sense. One original version. But what other examples of events are there from the Bible code? From the website Christian Prophecy, quote, The most important future event that Drosnin feels he has found with the code is, is a world war in which nuclear weapons will be used. He feels this is a more of a warning than a prediction, and this leads to the incredible conclusion of his book. The code is not a promise of divine salvation. It is not a threat of an inevitable doom. It is just information. The message of the Bible code is that we can save ourselves, unquote. Is there any other information we should know about? The following from the website before its news regarding Armageddon is pretty disturbing. Armageddon is encoded in the Bible with the name of Syria's leader, Habes Assad. In fact, the name of the actual site of the long prophesied final battle appears with his name in a single skip sequence. Armageddon, Assad, Holocaust, Syria is encoded with world war. It is a country that stands out because it is not expected. Russia and China and USA also appear with, uh, with World War, but they are three superpowers most likely to be involved. Syria is the surprise, unquote. I think we'll have to go into the break, Justina. Yes, we'll continue talking about the Bible codes, then get into the questions and the psychic insight after this short break. And you're listening to Too Good to Be True with Justina Marsh and Pete Marsh on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, www.xcbn.net. From our broadcast studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, to the world and beyond, you're watching the Exxon Broadcast Network www.xzbn.net You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simul TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. 
we have them included. Free video on demand, live streaming events from around the world, interactive online network, and much more. Tomorrow's TV today, Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnix, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God, it was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God. And finally, after the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Welcome back to Too Good to Be True. And before the break, we were talking about the Bible codes and other events that were included. And we were talking about Armageddon. So, Dad, can you please continue with what you were saying? Yeah, I should have said that Armageddon is the place where the final battle uh, to be fought between the forces of, of good and evil will occur. Well, that's pretty disturbing. But could sequencing of characters just provide a series of coincidences? Yes, that belief may be a reason that we hear less about the Bible Code now than a few years ago. The following is from an article entitled Bible Codes, A Lie That Won't Die on the Ford website. Quote, One reason that Bible Codes have gone, completely, have gone out of fashion is that mathematicians and statisticians have thoroughly, completely and convincingly disproved them. For example, Barry Simon of the Caltech Mathematics Department has shown that any sufficiently large text will have similar letter pattern, patterns in it. Famously, the same algorithms used in the Bible codes yield, yielded similarly prophetic results when used on Hebrew translations of war and peace. Indeed, when in 1997, popular author Michael Drosnin challenged critics to find the same prophecy regarding the assassination of Yitzhak Rabin in Moby Dick as Bible codes folks had found in the Bible, Australian computer scientist 
Brendan McKay did just that, and for good measure. He found that arrangements predicting the assassinations of Trotsky, Gandhi, and Martha Luther King, Martin Luther King Jr. Unquote. The novel War and Peace was originally written by Leo Tolstoy in Russian, whereas the novel Moby Dick was originally written in English by Herman Melville. Has anyone else looked at the Bible for codes besides Michael Drosnan and Elia Rips? This is where the subject becomes even more interesting. Apparently, Isaac Newton believed that the Bible was written in code, was spending about half his life trying to decode it. This only came to light fairly recently after Newton's theological and alchemical papers were purchased by the Jewish National and University Library in Jerusalem, arriving there in 1969. Since then, transcribing the previously unpublished theological manuscripts has made them accessible to the world. They didn't have computers in the 1600s and 1700s when he lived. How could he even start? I guess if you're a genius, you don't, lack, if you don't let, let lack of tools get in your way. You invent your own. Newton did predict the world not ending before a certain point in time. The following is from Wikipedia. Quote, in a manuscript he wrote in 1704, in which he describes his attempts to extract scientific information from the Bible, Newton estimated that the world would not would end no earlier than 2060. In predicting this, he said, this I mentioned not to assert when the time of the end shall be, but to put a stop to the rash conjectures of fanciful men who are frequently predicting the time of the end, and by doing so, bring the sacred prophecies into discredit as often as their prediction fail, predictions fail, unquote. No sooner than 2060. That year is not that far away. And from the shown rainforest, the world's ecology could be well down the path of destruction by then. Perhaps Newton is correct in thinking that the end could be in a year sometime after 2060, but probably not centuries after. I think that depends on the defini definition of the end of the world. Is it mass extinction or is it a, such a dramatic change that the world as it was previously experienced is no longer relevant? Maybe the answer is coded somewhere. Well, but what has happened since the publication of the book, The Bible Code, in 1997? There has been the publication of the books Bible Code 2, The Countdown in 2003, and Bible Code 3, Saving the World in 2010. Bible Code 2 refers to the countdown to the end times, while Bible Code 3 refers to saving the world from terrorism. There have been documentaries on the History Channel and a 2008 television movie, which is based on a fictional storyline. There, there are currently lots of DVDs available on the subject of hidden codes in the Bible from various different people. In 2010, there was an announcement that the first book would be made into a non-fiction movie, but there appears to be, have been there appears to have been no further announcement on that. Well, I think it's time now for the first question. Starting with the Book of Enoch, how influential was the Book of Enoch on other Bible writings, including the Book of Genesis? It was influential, but not completely. So it did have some influence, but it didn't control what was written. Why, since its translation in 1800 from ancient texts, has the Book of Enoch created such a stir in academic circles? Basically because nobody really completely understands the text and the origin of the text. 
So it's something that's widely questioned, which brings a lot of attention. Why wasn't the Book of Enoch included in the Christian Bible at the Council of Nicaea? Was it because it was too frightening? Yes and no, and also that at the Council, the people wanted to follow just one text and their opinions on that one text. So, like other books that could have been part of the Bible, it was just not included? Yes. Was Enoch taken away in a fiery chariot before the Great Flood by the Archangel Michael? That could be said, yes. Were angels known as the Watchers dispatched to watch over humans at a time before the Great Flood? Yes. Why were they dispatched? Basically to make sure that mankind would survive. Were there 200 of them? There were more. Does it matter how many there were? No. Did the Watchers who became fallen reveal occult secrets to mankind? Yes and no. They did provide certain secrets, yes, and some of them negative, yes. Did the Watchers who became fallen provide knowledge including science, technology, and agriculture? They acknowledge, yes. Was it a gift of knowledge or was it a means of going against God's will? It would be said more of a gift of knowledge, but it wouldn't be called going against God's will, just sharing information they were not supposed to. Did the Watchers who became fallen teach humans how to engage in war? No. Were the Watchers all holy ones before interfering with humans on earth? For the Watchers, yes. How could angels and humans produce offspring? That's a complicated question, since basically the angel would have to be no longer an angel and be some type of physical form to be able to produce offspring. Did the angels change their form so that they could produce offspring? Some of them tried, yes. Were their offspring male-only Nephilim giants? No. Where did the Nephilim giants come from? There are other beings that came to Earth. So would we call them extraterrestrials? Yes. So the Watchers weren't really fallen angels then? They were fallen angels, but not the ones that were trying to produce offspring, no. Did the Nephilim devour mankind and turn to animals and then kill each other for food? No. Were these giants all male and warlike? They could be considered to have conflicts, but they were not all male, no. So they arrived on Earth and there were generations of them? Yes. Did the Nephilim normally live for 120 years? It depended on many factors, so some less and some longer. Did only Noah and his family, totaling eight, survive the Great Flood? Not exactly, no. Who survived if not Noah and his family, totaling eight? People survived in their own ways, so we can't say too much against the biblical story, but there were other ways that the others survived so that humans would still exist as a species. Were there no Nephilim survivors from the Great Flood? None of those survived, no. Did the Great Flood occur to destroy the Nephilim, or was it for other reasons with the Nephilim just not surviving it? It was for other reasons, too. It was not just to destroy the Nephilim. How did the animal world survive? Was it by use of Noah's Ark? That, again, is a complicated question. 
since too much can't be said about the biblical texts. But what can be said is that some animals found other means to survive. And when the flood occurred, there were certain areas that the animals could go to escape. How did the plants and trees return after the Great Flood? So again, not almost everywhere flooded. So the plants were pretty much saved. And the flood did not last super long. So they were able to basically be flooded and still remain there. Was there a fifth heaven where the fall of the watchers took place? That wouldn't be sad, no. So this part of the Bible story should not be taken too literally. Yes. Are there ten heavens that Enoch visited? They really wouldn't be considered heavens, but there were different places he visited, yes. Where did the fallen angels among the watchers end up? Depending on what they chose, they either ended up in a physical body or they returned to spirit form, not as an angel. So the watchers are no longer with us on earth? Not in the sense of those watchers, no. There are angels present, but we wouldn't call them the watchers. Will the fallen among the watchers receive redemption when the human, res human race becomes more spiritually evolved? That statement isn't 100% correct, no. But we'll have to continue with the questions and the psychic insight about the watchers and the Bible code after the short break. And you're listening to Too Good to Be True with Justina Marsh and Pete Marsh on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xcbn.net. of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simo TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simo TV. Simo TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, sci-fi and horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at SimulTV.com. Do it today. The new nonfiction book, Razor of Madness, is similar to cult movies like Clockwork Orange, Dragon's Tattoo, or The Other Side of Hell. Wayne Morin Jr. and Thomas Lee Howell expose widespread and systematic deficiencies in this thought-provoking tell-all novel. Mind control rages among scholars in law schools. Human rights are ignored while thought reform and mental manipulation are accepted practices used as behavior modification. Dr. Louis Jolion West comes to mind. 
Media and public scrutiny shows that United States mental hospitals are in fact destructive murder industries. Razor of Madness Exposé Novel details this epidemic through an in-depth professional and personal investigation. For decades, there has been a revolving door policy that still releases killers and pedophiles back into society. The maestro of mind control continues to haunt America to this very day. Razor of Madness is available in paperback or as a downloadable ebook at Amazon.com. The concept of a new age has been around since the late 19th century, yet much of its original meaning has been lost. What exactly is the new age? Is it a religion? A collection of obscure esoteric practices? A series of doomsday predictions? Or an astrological event? The New Age Chronicles is a unique, complimentary publication bringing reason and grounded information to separate fact from fiction. Chock full of valuable information to support you as we make the monumental shift into the new era. You won't want to miss a single innovative issue. The New Age Chronicles newspaper is coming soon to www.newagechronicles.com. Welcome back to Too Good to Be True. And before the break, we are going through the questions and the psychic insight about the Watchers and the Bible Code. So, Dad, can you please continue with the questions? Sure. Why are the Watchers called fallen angels if they just shared knowledge with humans that they shouldn't have shared? Is there something else that they did? They created physical bodies that went against being an angel. Where do angels and spirits actually reside beyond the dimension that humans reside in? Basically, you could call it the spiritual dimension, or you could, if you wanted to, call it heaven. But it basically is a spirit world where it cannot be seen, but it's where all the spirits and angels go. But with regards to angels coming down to earth, they're basically in kind of an in-between, where they're partially in the physical world and partially in the spirit world. Were the remains found by Peruvian archaeologist Julio Tello in 1928 related to the Nephilim? Yes. Were there different generations of the Nephilim that lived and died before the Great Flood? Yes. Have more remains of the Nephilim been found with the information being kept away from the general public? Yes. Why isn't there open reporting of the remains of giants being found? Because it proves that other beings, other than just humans and a few other species, that were actually on the earth, which means that other species could be there before and even now. How long was it between the fall of the Watchers and the Great Flood? It was a pretty significant time, so time was different back then, but you could think of it as thousands of years. What can we learn from the story of the Watchers from the Book of Enoch? Basically that there are angels and even spirits that do make mistakes. So everything makes mistakes, but it's not human's place or anyone else's place to really judge them. Since source slash God will judge them and find whatever punishment or karma you may want to call it for their actions. 
and also that there are angels watching over people, but there were situations where angels fell for multiple different reasons. Changing the subject to the Bible Code, was the book, The Bible Code, the first full account of a scientific discovery that may change the world? Yes and no. How will the Bible Code change the world? It has information that would be very different from current information available. Did Prime Minister Yitzhak Rabin take the letter from Michael Drosnin seriously regarding his predicted assassination? No. Without date, time, or name of the assassin, how could Yitzhak Rabin and his security team avoid the assassination? Basically, they couldn't have. So there's not much they could have done since it could have happened at any time. If the assassination is in the Bible code, did that mean that the future could not be changed? It was inevitable. Yes, the future could not change. Is this like a previous show where there, were, there, where there are certain nexus points where events will happen, as well as other possible paths based on free will? Yes. Was that also true for the assassination of Anwar Sadat that was also predicted by the Bible Code? Yes. Is the equidistant letter sequences method legitimate for finding hidden words in the Hebrew Bible or Torah? Yes and no. If used properly, then yes, hidden words could be found. Is it true a message from the Bible Code is that information is being provided so that mankind can save itself? Not exactly, no. That is not the ultimate purpose. Are you able to say anything about the purpose of the Bible Code? Basically, it does provide information, but it is up to humans to change their paths. So it provides useful information, but not the ultimate key to changing and saving mankind. Is prediction of Armageddon included in the Bible Code? Yes and no, in its own way, yes. Does the Bible Code as we know it now predict Armageddon? Yes, in its own way. Can hidden words be extracted from novels like War and Peace or Moby Dick in the, in the manner of the Bible Code? Vaguely, yes, but you can't look too much into it. Did the results applying the equidistant letter sequences method to novels like War and Peace or Moby Dick rather debunk the Bible Code, or were the results altered? They had the human bias in them, so to really use the code and try to decode, technology would have to be used, and there would have to be no human bias. Did Isaac Newton research the Bible in its original Hebrew form? Yes. What motivated Isaac Newton to study the Bible for information not available through just reading it? Basically, he wanted to read it without the bias of translation. And he also wanted to relate that back to scientific ideas. So basically relate a spiritual side to the scientific side. Isaac Newton didn't publish on the subject. Was he afraid of being treated badly? Yes, and he didn't want to get in trouble for his discoveries either. Will the world end no sooner than 2060 as predicted by Isaac Newton? There's not an exact answer. But what can be said is that there's many different predictions of the world ending and people are going to continue coming up with different predictions. Is the world ending still now avoidable? Yes, the world ending is always avoidable if changes occur.
It's a world ending, not necessarily keep complete destruction, but a new world evolving. Yes and no, depending on different actions, but it would be a possibility. Are the Bible, or, sorry, are the books Bible Code 2, The Countdown, and Bible Code 3, Saving the World, correcting their content? Yes and no. Again, there's always human bias, but there's some information that is correct and some that is not. Why has interest in the Bible code seemed to have decreased over the last 20 years or so? Because people don't really trust it as much as before, and now there's different New Age ideas popping up that people are looking and thinking into more. The people who originally wrote the Bible must have received information. Where did they get that information from? So some of it was through different prophets, source, etc. But that's the issue with future information is that things can shift and change. And that's why it's hard to do future predictions since some things will always happen, but some things will change based on choices. Why are there three books of Enoch and three Bible code books? Three is just a very in tune positive number, so a lot of things appear in threes. What can we learn from the Bible code? Basically, to take everything with a grain of salt and to do your own research. So to use your intuition to decide what you really think is true and what you really want to believe in and what isn't. And to not think too much into things. So yes, people can study it, research it, but you also have to look at the bigger picture too. That was the last answer. Is the Bible code too good to be true? That depends on what you are prepared to believe. I think we need a final shout out to the listeners who suggested the Book of Enoch. I hope that the Watchers as well as the Nephilim was the main subject of interest. Up until this week, I really didn't have a clue of what's in books in or out of the Bible. But there seems to be a lot out there on the internet about fallen angels and about giants. I don't really have any real knowledge of the subject matter. The Bible code is completely new to me. Yeah, it was a tough show to prepare for. I don't think we would have done it without a listener suggestion. Well, once again, we are grateful to the listener for his suggestion. So please keep the suggestions coming. And listeners can always go to our Facebook page at Too Good To Be True with the first key spelled T-W-O or our website, toogoodtobetrue.net. And you can message us or email us on there and provide suggestions or any comments on today's show. I know it was really interesting to me to hear about fallen angels in a different way and also to hear about supposed giants since on a normal daily basis, not too many people talk about these subject matters. So most of the subject matter was 100% new to me. Yeah, I'd, I'd seen quite a bit about remains of giants being found and it all sort of being covered up. And uh, it was al- almost seems to be a taboo type subject. I guess if um, some of these uh, findings are verified, that um, that rather changes the world as we know it and gets people to ask a lot of serious questions. And maybe that's a concern. That's maybe why we're not getting all of the truth. Well, and I don't want to go on a tangent, but just to note what you just said, Dad, is that with all the technology changing, there might be 
be a lot new discoveries. So DNA technology, for example, is becoming more and more advanced. People are able to even send in their own DNA to these different services. So with technology increasing and advancing, maybe we'll be able to kind of test these different things, see which ones are fact, which ones are fake. And as you mentioned, the internet's full of faked ones. So it'd be really awesome to see scientists actually study, you know, giants or different supposed beings and actually get some proof on the matter. Yeah, but I think it's up to people to sort of uh, point out to the powers that be that um, that's of interest to them and it's something that's important. Um, unfortunately, most of us are too busy just surviving and getting through the week, and we don't have the luxury of thinking too deeply about other more fundamental things. So um, I think we're exploited to some extent because we got so much going on in our lives and we don't really have um, too much time to think about the paranormal or what is normal presented as the paranormal. Well, on that note, again, I'll say to any listeners out there, if you have any suggestions, if something's been on your mind and you want us to research it and answer some questions, we would love to hear from you. And as always, thank you so much for listening and we look forward to next week's show. Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the Esoteric series, Modern Esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com. Are you or is someone you know struggling with addictions, depression, anxiety, relationships, low self-esteem, lack of confidence, grief, success, and prosperity? Do you know that your subconscious belief plays a big role in the outcome of your hard work? We can help you permanently change the beliefs that may be the reason for your struggles and failures. We care about getting you the return on your investment and the results you are looking for. We can help you be free of the limitations of your past and in realizing your highest potential. We work with people by phone and Skype. For more information, visit us at www.ritasoman.com. That's www.ritasoman.com.
Do you think you have energy problems in your home? Do you feel better when you're away than when you're home? Joey Korn is a global leader in the world of dowsing who specializes in personal energy clearing and space clearing. He can help you create an ideal energy environment in your home no matter where you live in the world. Learn about his remote spiritual house cleaning services and much more at www.dowsers.com. You can get Joey's book, Dowsing, A Path to Enlightenment, as well as other dowsing books and tools, Kabbalah books, and Walter Russell books. Joey's work is really amazing. Go to dowsers.com right now. That's D-O-W-S-E-R-S dot com or call 1-877-DOWSING. That's 1-877-369-7464.